What up, what up, what up? It's your host this week, Kevin Singleton. Oh. Full government, yes indeed. Right we, are the, we are the Tehran Lee Show. You can find us on KDR Podcast on SoundCloud. You can find us also on uh, iTunes. Just check the podcast section and go there. Or you can find us at Twitter, Tehran underscore Lee. And those are the places you can check us out. i also like to just mention to any listeners out there this week, if you could just join in as followers. We see y'all, we, we check and we see how many people are listening, but I don't see anybody adding on as followers. So I'm just adding it, just asking if you can add that in. Tell a friend, listen in, and let us know how you feel on our email, kdrpodcast at gmail.com as well. So fellas, how y'all doing? How was y'all weekend? How's everything going? Chilling, chilling, man. Ain't got <clears throat> too much going on. Uh, just living, man. Happy to be here another another week. Um, I ain't really do too much this weekend, but um, enjoy myself, man. Just relax a lot. So yeah, this uh, <clears throat> this weekend, excuse me, was all about fantasy football. I'm mm. in two leagues this year. Normally in three. My work week, I couldn't make it because uh, of when they were drafting. But I'm in two leagues. Got got my teams together, feeling all right. Catching a little flack. Uh, from people feeling like my running backs ain't strong in my one league. But, uh, <laughs> I'm finna show them what was good. So I feel pretty good, man. My strategy worked out for the most part. Except for our Yahoo League where Singh came in and, and took two receivers back-to-back. Kind of fucked up my plan. But uh, I feel pretty good, man. Name a game. What was the yeah, game, partner? Hey, man. It is what it, but then he went and took James Winston higher than he ever should have. So, but, <laughs> hey. It is I, took him, it is. I took him like the 11th round though. Oh, okay. Still, he would have been there late, but that's my that's one man's opinion. You know what I mean? So hopefully it works. Hopefully, had, actually, hopefully it don't work out for you because we competing. So I had all my starters plus two subs by that point. Like it was all good. Hey, Stafford was still on the board, but anyway. So with <laughs> that said, right. yeah, I man, that was pretty much it, man. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Actually, got into this new show Narcos on Netflix. On Netflix. Yeah. yeah, did you peep or not? I, I've been wanting to peep it, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna probably try watch uh, it this week. Four episodes in, man. All I'm gonna say is why I already was texting uh, Derek about it, but it, it's, this isn't even news. But that nigga Pablo Escobar was living. Yeah. The amount of money that he was making, yo, it was to the point. I'll, I'll spoil a little bit. He couldn't clean it no more. Like he, had, they literally were they were burying money. Like they have land, plots of land just just to put his money because he just couldn't clean it anymore. So that shit was one sick thing. Of- I always wanted to know. I don't know if you got far enough into it yet, um, and I probably could just Google Wiki it. But how long was Pablo's run? It was like, well, it's fine. I'm not toward the end, so I'm kind of like in the middle of his shit. Like when he became like a wanted man and shit. Mm-hmm. But it was like early 80s. I think his stretch was pretty much early 80s to whenever he died. So maybe seven, eight years. Seven, eight, right. It might have been a little bit longer because they, they kind of started the story out in the late 70s kind of explaining how cocaine and all that shit was mm-hmm. made. So he might have called on like then. I think he was smuggling other shit and then some, some dude put him on the cocaine. So, But he had a good stretch, man. I'm always like curious, you know what I mean, just because... You hear these these kingpins and these drug lords or whatever. It's funny, oddly enough, <clears throat> uh, 
what's the name, Bumpy Johnson. Mm. His run lasted for like 15 years or some shit. And he died from natural causes. Like, you know, we don't want to praise the negativity or whatnot. But like, Man, you know, everybody loves a bad guy sometimes. It's just like, I appreciate that he was able to keep his stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. for a good amount of time. You know what I mean? And it wasn't just one of these... You know what I mean? These little street boys just want to. Oh, I got the life for three years. You know what I mean? Now I'm now I'm doing sixty years in jail. So whatever. That was just my little two cents, man. Yeah, and I had a similar weekend. I just tried to stay and not really spend any money this weekend. Been out every weekend since like you know, the beginning of last year. So it's just like I just needed a chill weekend, and that's what I got. So I had the drafts going on too. I'm pretty happy with my team, even though Yahoo, fuck Yahoo. You know, Yahoo comes in there and gives you your ratings and everything. Uh, yeah, the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Rate me the bottom. Who your squad? You know what I mean? Right off a couple players. I mean, I, I got a nice little squad. I got Demarius Thomas. I got uh, Devontae Adams. And I got, um, who's my back? DeMarco Murray. So, okay. you know, just the, those three right there giving me good money right there. So, I got good feelings about my season. Who's ranked number one? Was it you saying or something? Nah, it actually was an auto draft. My son. You know, oh, yeah. be killing and, me. <laughs> and then Brian, you know, so. He was kind of auto draft too. Yeah, <laughs> for the first half of his, but. He got Phillip Rivers, Demarius Thomas, Hopkins, Adams, Murray, Anderson, CJ Anderson, Jason Witten, Deshaun Jackson, yeah. Hush, Hushka, the uh, yeah, kicker, kicker from uh, yeah, yeah. and then Denver. So he got uh, on his bench. I mean, he got <clears throat> he got uh, Murray, Matthews, Bradford. Uh, I don't know who who's L Green. But Darius Green. Darius Green. Oh right on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, your running backs are straight. If Devontae Adams show up. He might be in a good spot ever since. He ain't got no choice, man. Cobb yeah. is hurt with shoulder. The other boys out Nelson's out for the year. We good. Got through to somebody. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. We're going we to check back in in week 40 in, of, of the podcast and see where you're at with it. All right. <laughs> funny, before we jump in, I'm about to switch back just to where talking about the Pablo shit. It's funny. <clears throat> now, Rich knows that I'm notorious for just reading uh, headlines or articles or whatever. Like, I'm just that dude that's really not into reading like that. Like, so I just, whatever. This one, I did skim through a lot of it, but funny enough, the, the headline that caught me was, <clears throat> or pretty much the topic of it that caught me was, after the U.S. Uh, DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, was kicked out of Bolivia, the country was able to drastically reduce the amount of cocaine produced within its borders. Now, what does that say? Like, <clears throat> the DEA was kicked out, and now they can drastically reduce the amount that they, was, they were producing. It pretty much, and this is this is a report from the UN, United Nations, pretty much saying like <clears throat> the DEA was forcing these people to to uh, to harvest cocaine. Oh, don't worry about that. Yeah, listen. I'm like, yo, this is like just the crooked shit that is out there. Like, so like since they've been gone, the government has been able to uh, come up with different crops that the farmers can grow, so they don't have to grow cocaine now. Like, oh. Oh, these are people supposed to be trying to shut shit down, right? <laughs> That's what you think, right? That's what, hey, Listen, man, but yeah, man. I thought that was that was pretty interesting. Like, what yeah, the fuck? absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, this I'm, shit don't get here by accident, man. It ain't just because a couple bandits is out here just yeah. just doing it. But uh, either way, check out Narcos. It's a dope show on Netflix. Mm, sound like a bunch of conspiracy theories yeah, and shit going on. Yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm good for that. <laughs> Which leads me in kind of sort of to today's topic. So. Normally we come on the podcast and we just have a good time and everything. But today, I mean, we probably will have a good time. But I just want to talk on a little more serious topic today. A lot of things have been going on in the media and just in life right now. And I just figured it's a good time for us to slow down and just, you know, take a little pulse on it. Just just gauge it a little bit and see how we feel um, about 
just race relations period in America. Just certain things going on. You know, we've watched the killings of <clears throat> different individuals, Eric Garner, Michael Brown, Sandra, you know, different things going on and whether it was justified or not is I guess that's always going to be debated, but me personally, I, I've come to feel a certain way about these things going on. It's just making me um, open my eyes a little bit more recently. So I just want to jump into it and just, you know, <clears throat> first I just want to start off by just giving a few things that I found as um, statistics. So just speaking on the, the amount of uh, cop killings and whatever that's been going on, you know, and uh, the period of time when... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Michael Brown was killed. Yeah. So about a year ago. So about a year ago, right? So, you know, you we thought that these things are bringing light to it and, and kind of shutting down what's been going on. At least let make them go chill for a minute. You know what I mean? And, right. and not just keep doing the same things that you know we've heard about for years. But just a little statistic: it says that um, in the two-week period surrounding after the Michael Brown incident, three more unarmed black men were were killed. Um, and then just around that also, they said that black men account for 40% of the 60% of unarmed deaths in America. So to me, that was like an alarming statistic being 40% that- 40% of the 60%, huh? Of the 60% of unarmed deaths. And it was alarming to me because black men, us being 40% of it, we're only 6% of the whole population. So we're 6% of a population, but 40% of these crimes the against us, right. yeah, like we've been taking out unarmed that way. So it just was something that you know stuck in my head, and I just basically, I feel a certain way. I mean, I, I raised three young men, so it's just like for me, I have to look at these things and you know keep a pulse of it and try to keep them educated as to what's going on, so they at least know what's going on around them. And it just you know it's kind of saddening, but at the same time, like, how do you guys feel? I mean, do you do you, some people? put a you know, head in the sand and, and don't even really look up and see really what's going on. Some people just, they feel a certain way but don't want to say anything, but some people get up and they, they go to action. How are you guys feeling about the pulse of America right now concerning these issues? Yeah, it's you know, it's pretty wild out there to be to be frank with you. Um, you know, one, one thing that social media is good for, depending on how you use it, is you get exposed to a lot of things. So you hear stories that you normally don't wouldn't hear especially if your local news doesn't cover and if you don't watch national news. So when when everything happened with Michael Brown, there's been a few people like on Twitter that I've just been drawn to follow, one being DeRay. He's probably the most like famous, quote unquote famous person on there. And he talks about a lot of issues. There's a couple people, some dude Sean King, some girl Netta. Like they're all I don't know if they're really a part of Black Lives Matter, but they're they're always talking about these these topics. So it's just crazy like as as a black male like nothing surprises me like like I'm 32 years old like I've been around long enough to see how shit goes but it's definitely just it's crazy how many stories there are and how frequent it's been since these things have, have come about like you said Kev so yeah I mean look I, obviously I'm upset I don't feel like there's really been justice in, in any of the cases involved to this point and um, I can't say I'm surprised, but it, it certainly is, is disappointing. Um, even going back to stuff like Oscar Grant and just, just you know, all the stuff that, that we go through and those folks have gone through and how the police haven't been held accountable. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely eye-opening, to say the least. And at a certain point, you kind of get numb to it. But 
you know, I don't want to get numb to it because the shit is still upsetting and it's important that that you pay attention to these things and talk about these things because otherwise they're just going to keep repeating. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny because I, I play with the ideas and how I feel about what's going on um, very often and I, I find myself flip-flopping on what I think or people are saying out there or doing and whatnot. Uh, funny enough, last week sometime I seen a clip or maybe it was the week before I seen a clip of um, some people representing the Black Lives Matter campaign and they've been um, they were actually going around and pretty much bum rushing uh, um, political uh, parties and their campaigns and whatnot. Now I say bum rushing because they didn't have appointments. They were going up there, taking the mics and and speaking and whatever. And when I say flip flop, is like part of me is like, nah, that's not how you're supposed to do things, man. You can't just bum rush things. You can't just do whatever. But there's another part of me that's like, well, they don't listen to you when you try to do things the right way too, right? So I flip flop on these things, but I still kind of lean towards that it's got to be a better way kind of thing, right? Anyway, fast forwarding, one, they, they, they actually approached Hillary Clinton. And what she said, at first I was like, yo, she didn't really say nothing. But when I thought about it and listened to it again, had a conversation about it, it's pretty much how I feel. So you said, do we kind of put our head in the sand and, and, and don't think about it or whatnot? That's how I approach racism going away. I don't think it's going away. So I kind of, I kind of, not turn a blind eye, but like Rich said, you come numb to it, you kind of, whatever, you kind of just like, you're not surprised, right? Shit happens, you're just like, yo, it's again, you're just thankful that it's not you this time, thankful nobody in your family, kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. But what she did say was, and I did appreciate the fact that she was candid in saying it, and it made sense, is that she, I'm paraphrasing, but basically she said, you're not going to change people's hearts, like, there's, there's going to be racism always. What we got to do is change the engine that pretty much creates consequences for stuff that's happening. So we keep seeing these black lives being taken, Latino lives being taken, even white lives being taken by cops in, like wrongly and nothing happening to them. And she's pretty much saying, listen, we can't, we're, this is embedded, this is, this is, you know what I mean? In a nutshell, she's basically saying yeah, this is embedded here. Right. Yeah. So it's like, we're, we're not going to change these people's hearts who, who, who have been passed on racism for generation to generation, but we need to change the laws that makes it okay for this to have to get away with. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at with it now. Like, something needs to happen where they're, t they're, they're being held accountable for these things. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's just basically the, the part of it that is getting to me the most because nothing is happening. And like, and like, just with the NWA movie coming out, like, they've been speaking about, you know, the injustices and everything going on forever. Like, you know what I mean? That's 20 years ago. Like, still we seeing it now here today. Like, you know, where they can shoot a black man on camera and nothing happens to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, now some of these cases the cops were, you know, indicted or, you know, um, put in jail or at least fired. You know what right. I mean? But, and I'm not saying, and that's where a lot of the argument comes around too because they say, you know, just because he was unarmed doesn't mean that he shouldn't have got shot. Now, some people agree with that and some people don't. You know what I mean? Depending upon what's going on. Like, there was one that happened a couple, well, a couple months back at this point. But it was a black man. He was. He, it had the video cameras from the surveillance from the car lot that he was in. He was in the car lot. He was acting a fool. I guess something happened. Down, Cops yeah. got called. The one cop came. He shot him. Yeah. Now he said the reason why he shot him was because he didn't know if he was going to be able to overtake this guy if he decided to do something. You know what I'm saying? So he was suspended or fired because he didn't call for backup or wait for backup. You know what I mean? But the things, the the thing that happens is 
you see these things and then they go away yeah. and nothing ever no change is ever affected because of it and then the next thing happens again you know what I mean like so the guy sitting in the car he drives away from the cops he get, they shoot him in the head, you know, what I mean? as he's driving away. Okay, like, what danger was he causing to you? He's driving away. Like, even if he got away, he didn't cause a threat to you. So all these things happen, but nothing ever gets changed. So where I'm trying to just take y'all to, my theory is that we heading towards a race war, and that's my fear. And it ain't even just a fear. I just think that it's real. Like one of the KKK leaders pre predicted it years ago. You know what I mean? And that's probably what he wanted, but. As you see things in the media and things going on, my fear is that that's where it's coming because now you got black people shooting cops. We just saw the one in Texas. You saw, I don't know if you was on, you saw the news or whatever, but the guy Darren um, Goforth got killed. You know what I mean? He just shot him in cold blood 15 times at the gas station. Um, another one that happened was Sean Bolton, just a routine traffic stop. He got killed. That was another cop that got killed. So it's only been, they said to date in 2015, it's 23 a law officer that's been killed in the line of duty and you know a couple of them have been like they proclaim race related stuff but if you look at the news and I know I'm filibustering right now but I just want to get through it but the bottom line to it all on the news the guy from Texas the police sheriff officer he said you know it's not about black lives matter it's about everybody lives matter etc etc so basically they trying to shut down and take the, the thunder from well not even the thunder but they trying to take the heat off of the black lives matter hey, campaign quick, quick point on the black lives matter because i've seen people bring it up and they always say they try to mention all lives matter like the reason we say black lives matter is because y'all acting like it they don't matter so you got to put it in your face saying Black Lives Matter. Like you would never go to a, a, um, a breast cancer event and say, "Fuck breast cancer." It's, it's about liver cancer or some bullshit. Like why? Why ain't it about all cancers? Why is it just breast cancer? Like no one would say that. That right. sounds ridiculous, right? You sound pretty stupid. So I. So that shit bugs me when people can't understand why we have to say Black Lives Matter because you really do treat us like we don't. So that's why you put it in the face. Another thing you said that I think is interesting in terms of how you can change it or train it, do cops have to shoot to kill? Like, I mean, you're trained, you're a trained professional. Like, if you shoot someone, now, if someone's armed, that's one thing. But, and, and maybe that's their excuse, they don't know if they're armed or not. But in some of these situations, I feel like you know they're not armed. Like, you don't have to go for the headshot. You can shoot them in the shoulder, you can shoot them in the leg. And you don't you can do a clip. Yeah, 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 you, exactly. You don't have to shoot, like, someone can survive one or two shots, maybe, depending. But you don't have to empty your clip and, and reload and crazy shit like that. So, like that excuse, not just to cut you off, but that yeah. excuse that you gave and that he gave for that saying, I didn't know if I could overtake him. That's the reason to kill. Like, like what? How how can you say that out of your mouth and just feel like it's okay? Like I shot him because no, you use your gun to protect your life or someone else's. He's not charging you. He's yeah. not being threatening towards anyone else. He's in the, well, from like I said, I don't. We didn't see the whole video. The video I saw, he's in the middle. Of empty cars, he's in a parking lot. He's in an empty car, jumping up and down. He was acting like a dickhead. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you that. Like, and that's the thing. They always think that we're trying to excuse or, or <laughs> yeah, or saying that no, he he was just doing nothing wrong or do no, no, no. We're not saying that. Yeah. But like you said, where's the backup? Where's the trying? Where's the pepper spray? Where's the stun gun? Where's the anything? You go through all this training. You go through a whole academy, and that whole academy is not waking up and going to sleep and all throughout that day. All you do is shoot. Yeah. That's not what ha that's not what it is. You're trained at the few situations. Exactly, <laughs> and that's the thing you don't see enough of, and that, that's what you hear. Like, now I, I get like once they pull the gun, like they're they're taught to kill. Like when when you when you pull the gun, 
and you shoot the gun, it's to kill. It's not that. Yeah, that's so, the, we that's can't, so there's no but, other side to the story. That's not, why. That, 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 but that's what I'm saying. So like, there isn't another side for them. And I and I get part of it. I'm not the person who sits on there and just saying like everything is wrong because we not in all, we not in those situations. Like we not. But what I'm saying is if if I'm a cop and like you said, like you're trained a certain way, so you should have been able to protect and serve. You you have training that that allows you to be able to handle a situation if it's man on man. You know what I mean? You got a choice. Why? Why would you have? Why would your choice be to kill this person? No, even, even in the example you gave, and I think we talked about the same story in Texas where the dude broke into the the car lot or whatever. You're in a position of power. You have. You can call for backup. Right. You can just chill. Like how this dude, whoever this is, is not getting away. So you putting on this cape trying to be a hero. It don't. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to get there. If you're scared for your life, and there's no gun in your face. Why would you walk into that situation anyway? I'm calling for backup. I'm getting, yo, get any everybody down here because I'm not about to get my fucking head blown off if I can avoid it. But that's they're not trying to be heroes. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's like like you said, like you get it. You pull your gun is to shoot the kill, right? But if there's no gun, there's no weapon being shown in front of you. Why do you why even pull your gun? Why is your gun pulled? Like the thing is, is that if there's no like you said, you pull your gun is shoot the kill, right? All right, cool. That's in my mind is like, and this is the way. Like I said, I'm not a police officer. I'm not a, a military person. But that doesn't mean that I lose all rationale or all thinking, right? So if someone has a gun and they're pointed at me, and maybe they're not shooting, or they just have a gun, period, and you do shoot, then it's okay because it's like I shoot him in the leg. He might pull it up and still shoot me. Yeah. There's no gun involved. I shoot him in his leg. He's still diffused. I can go in there, handcuff him. He has no weapon. Like you can make that that conscious decision to be like, yo, he really doesn't need to die right now. And that goes back to the fact that the the whole black black community as a public feels like you don't think about our lives. You don't care about our lives. Like, yeah. yo, the the whole outrage is so. I, you you gave some statistics in the beginning. I'm not going to regurgitate them because I really don't remember what they all were. But all these minority lives that were. Um, that were taken, right? Unarmed, right? All right? And all the outrage is coming from within the black community. Don't get me wrong, you have a couple um, ca- Caucasian or majority people who speak out for us, right? But as far as the outrage, the campaigns, the TV stuff, that's, it's all coming from us, right? All right? You kill a lion, and the outrage comes from everywhere. Every news station is, is mourning, giving a moment of silence. You have all these people coming forward because that life mattered. And we see that y'all know when, when y'all want to, you know how to show when a life matters. And we're saying we don't see that when it's, ha- when it's brought to us. Yeah. And that's the gripe. Because the problem yeah. is that, listen, man, like forever, we've always been seen as the animal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got a, a black man, we always fear it because... To them, it's always been. It's not. It's not every every white person. You know what I'm saying. I don't view every white person that way. But the stigma is like me just dealing on my job. Like I'm a six foot three black man. You know what I mean. Heavy set or whatever. So like if I say anything, if you if I say anything to you as a white person, you automatically getting affected. Like because my voice is, go, is yeah. heavier or whatever. So automatically they're affected. But I could talk to one of y'all with the same voice I have, and we ain't having no misunderstanding. We know we just talking. Uh, you know what I'm saying. That's all conditioning, like you said. People think we're violent. People think we're aggressive. All those type of things. So, yeah, man. It's and I don't know what brought that on. If that's just real shit. Like a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of things with racism could be just. Obviously, we're all products of our environment, right? So, if you don't grow up around other people, you may not know how to interact with other people, and all you believe 
is all you've been shown on TV and music and media, whatever. So unfortunately, a lot of people do get their ideas from what they watch. So uh, funny shit, funny story in college one time, we were, I was in my room and um, Jimmy who was my roommate at the time. And there was some Asian girl in there and I had on BET and it was like Tavis Smiley or just some, just some random shit. And she was so thrown off by that. She's like, I, black people watch stuff like this? Like, I'm looking at her like, what the fuck? Like, what world are you like? What do you think we are? Like, you think we just, just listen to the ga quote unquote gangster music or whatever the fuck you like? Nah, man, we're all not one person. Like, there's a lot of different types of everybody. So, but that, that's, but she might not have grown up around other black people or other minorities and felt and like and that's a problem and that's what they don't get right so it's like it's like and i told it's funny i had a job um two jobs before the one i'm at now where i worked in a business building it was a small business building but it was a business building right and i was the only minority in that building out of any other jobs right so in my mind Although you try to go about your day and do your job and not think about these things, you can't help but think about that I'm the only one of my kind here. You know yeah. what's going on. You know what people think. You know some, and may not be all of them, but this is what you think, right? But I challenge anyone who I was working with to have ever been the only white person in a situation. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't happen the way they haven't grown up to have to. To deal with with these things, so they don't know how to interact. You know what I mean? They don't know what to expect because before I was there, they had in, in my particular job, my particular company, uh, in its in, in its inception, it was only a three year old company. They had no other black people, no other minorities working for them, right? So they don't know how to deal with me in the workplace. It was a lot of younger people there. They they don't know how to deal. They don't know what what's going on. But to me, I've been in those situations where I was the only black kid in the classroom. I've been in the only, yeah. or I've had to adapt. We have to adapt. You yeah. know what I mean? We're the minority. Right. And we're treated differently just because. Just, just It is what it is. So we have to learn how to adapt. They don't have to learn how to adapt. So when it does, it's like, oh, it's a shocking. I didn't know this. It's funny because uh, I did want to bring this up. So I, I, can't rem I can't remember exactly where if I was still in high school or college, but I was at some seminar, some class, and it was a, I think she was Spanish. I don't think she was a black lady, but she did say something. This is over 15 years ago at this point, and I never forgot it. She's like, a minority thinks about the fact that they're a minority at least once a day. Whether something good or bad happened, you, something reminds you, you always thinking about it. A white person never has to think about the fact that they're white, unless they're in a situation which you described, which is rare. It doesn't happen. Like, yo, they can, if I don't want to be around black people, I'll move to fucking Montana and never see any black people and still flourish. But I just want to throw that out there because that, that shit is true. Like. Every day you do think about the fact that you're black, whether it's good or bad, whatever, because but it's always on your mind because it kind of has to be. And to piggyback off of that, it's like they always say, and when I say they, I'm talking about just majorities, period, or just in, in certain, in these racial situations, it's always, why does it have to be a race issue? Why is the black car being pulled? Why is it blah, blah, blah? And the thing is, is that they've never experienced the racism, so to them, it, it, it's not, you know what I mean? Like some people, they might not even be racist, but to them, it's like, they're not, they, I don't even think that all people are being um, derogatory or mean when they say it. Yeah. It's the fact that to them, growing up in whatever town they grew up, they never dealt with it. They never had to deal with discrimination or whatever. So now it's like, why you gotta resort to that? Because you've never experienced what I've experienced. Don't say, don't try to demean that it can't be a part of it. You know what I mean? Like they just don't understand that this happened because they don't have to deal with it.
But I got a question for y'all, piggybacking off that, and I think about this from time to time too. Like, I try not to pull the race car, but do you ever think like, just because the way we're conditioned and brought up, do that sometimes you just like, am I paranoid or is this really, really a thing? Like, is this really a like? I guess how quick do you go to pull the race car, or do you just kind of have that paranoia? in your head like uh, maybe maybe it's not like i i do that all the time if i i walk into a restaurant and you feel like people looking at you it's like man i don't know if it's because whatever but the flip side is like yo if i'm in a restaurant people walk in i look at them like i don't so i don't know if it's just my paranoia just being like have to be conscious of the fact that i'm black and people may may feel some type of way or you know, so I don't know. Like, I'm curious as y'all thoughts on that. Well, those particular things, I don't, I don't think about like like that in that terms. But there are certain terms that I do think about, and that's like when I walk into a store. You know what I mean? And I'm and I'm not spoken to by the sales rep, but yet the white couple will come behind me and they'll they'll speak to them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like those are the kind of things that like you are you automatically make an assumption that my dollar is not as good as this person in back of me. He's probably not going to spend no money. You, you know just don't think you have that dollar. Right. That's the problem. E- either which way, so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are the kind of things where I think it is. But I never used to be the type that would that play the race card. I, I'm not heavy on that. You know what I mean? Because I just feel like, yeah, there are going to be certain situations where people are racist. Like, yeah. you know, white people, they have the power. They, they honestly, they do. Like, whether we want to agree to it or not, they do. It's more of them than it is of us. You know what I mean? It's the bottom line to it all. And people in general are more comfortable with what they know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's just how it's going to happen. So even if they're not racist, like, I never used to play the race card or think of it like that. But certain situations, like I just said, Walking into a store and I see you're not giving me the same respect as you're giving the person that I saw you just speak to or the person that came behind me. I've actually circled back and I said this before. I've actually circled back on motherfuckers like, listen, like, why was I not good enough to be spoken to? I just want to know. You know what I'm saying? And maybe that speaks to that point where maybe I'm being, I'm I'm picking a fight that didn't need to be fought. But to me, nah, it meant something. It was a reason inside of that why you didn't speak to me. Like, you know. I think that when it comes to especially when it comes to these like broad public issues, I think that it's important for the minority community not to call wolf, not to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't, you can't call everything. You can't call everything. a uh, uh, You can't use a race car for everything. Yeah. Right. Because it's just going to, it's going to become that thing where they just diminish it. The first time you use it and it's not really, and it's, it's, it's evident to most of the, the general public. It's like, well, hold up. Now you're just, you know what I mean? And it, and it takes away from those really issues that really are there. Yeah. And it may, and then the problem, the thing is, is that it may happen. Let's just, I'm throwing weird numbers out there. It, it may happen 99% of the time. Right. But, on on one percent of the time, don't let it be the wrong one because yeah. <laughs> it is going to diminish from everything, all the other stuff. Yeah. So I think in the public eye, it's really important. And we have to be cautious, and it sucks though because I, no, don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is I understand this, and we have to make sure that we don't call cry wolf in the public. But it sucks that we have to think about it like that yeah. because because we know that strategically that you can't do that. You know what I mean? But the fact of the matter is that we deal with it so much. That it, all the time is called wolf is not just because you're really just trying to you're not really trying to call wolf, but you've really experienced this so many times yeah. and so many different people, so many different situations that to you, this, to me, this is really what I felt. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like as a public, we just got to make sure that we pick the right battles in the public eye. You know what I mean? Because if we don't, then it's gonna work against all us. All right, but this is what I'm saying, and, and this is and that leads me into another point that I had here because that what you're saying right there is true to a degree but what is the point where is the point in time where we do have to do something because you're seeing it more and more now now 
nothing is happening. Like they're getting more blatant with it. Like maybe they're not even getting more blatant. Maybe we're just seeing it more. It's just what it is. But the fact that we're seeing it more and nothing's being done about it, there has to be something that's going to affect change. And obviously, sitting back not saying shit about it ain't working either. Right. So it's coming to a point. That's why I said we come into a race war somewhere in here because they see. They know what's going on. Right. You know what I mean? Now they can't deny it anymore because it's right in front of their faces. So now white people can't say, oh, it's not really not happening like that. Oh, shit. He just shot him. He didn't even move. Okay. It's happening. You know right. what I'm saying? So now it's, it's no longer the elephant in the room. It, it's, it's the elephant in the room, but it's happening. You can't deny it. You know what I mean? So when do we act? You know what I mean? So, so my thing is how do we act? And that, that's the thing. That's the, that's the thing. How, right? And because... Real talk, I, I'm with you, and it's funny. I, I know if you, I don't know if you ever heard, but since these things have been coming up, a lot of, a lot of people who we respect in the black community, a lot, even if they're older clips come up, right? And I say that to say this: Tupac has a clip that's circulating around where it says, um, I don't know who, who what the interview asked him because I've only seen the clip of him responding, yeah. but he says we were asking. All our lives. We were asking with the civil rights movement. We were asking with the Black Panthers. We were asking way back then. Now, what do you want us to do? Keep asking? Like, there's nothing changing. Like, action has to be taken. And I feel them, but at the same time, it's like, outside of, let's just say me, specifically, specifically, right? I am, um, I, I tried to do what I thought was the right thing, right? You be a productive member of society, you go to school, you get, go to college, you get a good job, you do whatever, right? And it's like, I see all these things and to polit pol politics to me are so corrupt and so diluted and so everything is at the top, real talk. Race, race is a big issue and it's all going to a bigger issue, which is money, right? So all this stuff is so convoluted. So how do you make a change the legal way, right? I've actually come to the point where in my mind, and it sucks, and I understand you can get some flack for this and and whatnot. But like when you get when you hear that two cops were were uh, gunned down, don't get me wrong. In my heart of hearts, I know this is this is wrong. This is fucked up. Like these people didn't do anything, didn't do whatever. But I'd be lying if for a minute when it happened, if I didn't think twice about it for a second. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it's been done to us, and something needs to happen. I honestly thought when the whole. Mike Brown thing happened when the whole Trayvon, like you said, all this stuff happened in a fairly um, like close proximity to each other, yeah. right? The Eric Garner, um, there was even a story, um, crazy enough, even before this, a little bit before all this happened, a story of a um, Latino man being uh, pepper sprayed and choked out in a movie theater because someone called the cop and said that it was a domestic dispute. The cops didn't come and get the story, yeah. and they, they, they got to the wrong person, pretty much. Killed him, whatever, right? And it's like, I almost think to a point where it's like, yo, I think like we have all these gangs out here. I, 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 I honestly thought one time that I wouldn't be mad if they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the cops. like Because I feel like something drastic, something physical, something really has to happen. Because if we have to keep fighting through these channels, these political channels, these these nothing's going to happen. And that's why when people like Malcolm X and these Black Panther parties, that's why they felt like they had to get us out of here. Because these people who are out here, militant groups who are actually saying in a physical way, we're marching the streets, we're policing the streets, we're actually, you can see us. We're actually, our right to bear arms, we're speaking out. They got to shut those down. Yeah. Because they're like, no, let's get them to play our game. And I'm, I'm not talking about the white game, I'm talking about the political game. Get them to play our game and we can stall them out because nothing will ever happen. Like you said, uh, something will come on TV, 
They'll get a couple of new spins, new cycles, and then it goes away. Some, some, some action has to be happening. And sadly enough, like I said, I'm not the one. I'm not gangster. I'm not nothing now. I'm not. I'm not the one who's gonna grab guns and go to war on the street. But there is a war that needs to happen. And otherwise, it's not gonna be a change. And that's just my thoughts. Yeah, I've, listen, it's an interesting thought. And I, I really don't know if it's gonna come to that, like a race war. Um, it's certainly unfortunate. A lot of shit that's happening. Um, people are definitely more out there with their feelings and it's pretty clear like how people feel about shit especially on Twitter is an amazing app where you get to see a lot of idiots say a lot of stupid shit you know one thing that creates change is money depending where you spend your money how you pull your money but I don't know if we would make it a quick enough change for something like that to happen our community is so so spread out is like and not tight knit enough to, to, to create that change but our spending power is there and that's the thing real talk i'm not to cut you off now nah, you good if if i was to if i was to be a smart logical level-headed minority in this system that would be my in a perfect world that would be what i i say we do you know what i mean because that's the only way we can fight back because that's the only thing they respect yeah. is the dollar right the politicians uh race opposite races my majorities whatever that's the only thing that's respected and, the, and, and so if I have my way, instead of even what I just said about the nonsense and having an actual war and policing the streets, yeah. if we could come together and say, yeah, we're going to get these good jobs. We're going to make even our low-level jobs. We're going to take this and spend our money only in select places. Yeah. That's the only way to get somebody's attention without bloodshed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that is on us. So that is the point where we can say, that's where when they say that, it's on y'all. It's on this and that, blah, blah, blah. And that's the only thing that I say, yo, we need to take responsibility for that. Because we won't come together and really do something like that. Say, let's, we're going we're gonna to boycott these major places. It has to be something major. Yeah. It has to be, it, even, I'm, I'm saying, even if it's black owned, it has to be, let's just say Walmart was owned by a black family. We would have to boycott Walmart as well. It would have to be these major things that feed the, the economies, the, the, the yeah, politicians so and understand, everything. Understand we real. And you kind of saw some of that um, during Black Friday last year where people were really like, yo, chill, don't don't participate in this. Try to hit them in the wild. It's like you said, people respect money and the spending power is there. It's just the organization and I don't know what it would take. So it's definitely an interesting point, but um, something definitely has to change. I think, look, in my mind, I've always said it's like racism is not going anywhere. The way shit changes is with your kids and your kids' kids hopefully growing up around each other and getting more diversity. And even then, it's still not going to eradicate it because shit is getting passed down. But, like, yo, racism is a learned behavior, in my opinion. Like, you got two kids, if two four-year-olds are a black and white kid, like, they don't know nothing about nothing. Like, all they trying to do is have a good time, have fun. They're not thinking about shit. And, and at the end of the day, we are all the same. We all want the same things. It's just a matter of respecting someone who doesn't look like you and not buying into the hype that that the propaganda that's thrown in your face as far as stereotypes and things of that nature. But yeah, man, it's it's alive and well, man, and it's it's in our face. The social media keeps it there, and these conversations are important. Another thing, a lot of a lot of people like to say, you know, I don't see race. Nah. That's not how it's supposed to go. See race. Like, me being black is a big part of me. Like, I want you to see who I am. Don't tell me you don't see race, that you don't, I don't judge people. Nah, you do see it. It's okay. Like, whatever. But don't treat me any different. Just be who you are, and then we all good. Like, if you want to soft shoe and be different around me, 
just because you're uncomfortable, like that's that's not gonna get results either. So I, I'm definitely a big uh, proponent of that. Like see each other, have these conversations, and it ain't gonna all the, go away all the way, but it's important. Right on. So with all this stuff going on, I personally look at things a little bit different when being pulled over by a cop. Has that hit either of you? Have you? Do you even look at it any, any differently? Do you, are your reactions to when a cop? I don't know if you've been pulled over since the, in the last year or two. You know what I mean. But yeah. what I'm saying is, has that ever entered your mind now? Is it is it more prevalent? Is anything different? I'll say this: before all this happened, like look, I've always respected cops, and and I always knew that it would never serve any. It would be of no good for me to act out if I'm being pulled over. So. No sudden movements. Typically, when they pull you over, they, they kind of take a minute. So I always make sure my license registra- registration, insurance card, make sure all that shit's out. And I'll just chill. And I haven't had any crazy run-ins with, with cops. I've been pulled over maybe seven, eight, nine times in my life. None crazy. I will say, though, since all this shit has happened, I do think about it. I do think that if something happened, I'm not going to get justice. Even if I'm not in in the wrong, like I'm, I'm just not going to get justice because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of these cops pay. Oscar Grant's killer, he got like two years, shot this man in cold blood, like, and that's not justice to me. To take a life, dude was already on his back with his hands behind his back. You talking about you pulled the wrong what? Yeah, there's a big difference between a taser and a gun, mm-hmm. right? So that's the only thing I think of now. I know it could happen. It, I don't do anything different because, like I said, I haven't had any crazy run-ins, at least not driving. I've had stupid shit happen when we were kids where we're just walking our neighborhood where we live and had cops say stupid shit to us. But for the most part, like, my run-ins have been whatever. And, I'm, like I said, I don't do anything crazy. I don't talk back. I don't I don't question shit. Like, and it's a shame it got to be that way, but I just know better because I, I know they don't give me that benefit of the doubt that they may give someone who don't look like me. So, right so. On. So I do, I personally, so it's funny. I don't actually, it, it's kind of just, I've kind of just embedded it in my behavior now, right? So I don't I don't get pulled over thinking, damn, this could be the day that I get shot. However, my, my behavior does show that I'm aware of it. You know what I mean? Like when I get pulled over, honestly, I don't even get stuff ready before them. Like I, when I get pulled over, I immediately put my hands on my steering wheel. Yeah. And when they come, I say, officer, my so my so and so was in the glove box. Can I get it? Or it's in my pocket. Can I get it? Mm-hmm. I, because I don't want them saying I was walking up to the car. I saw him yeah. reaching for something. Because we've seen that too. Yeah. I've seen the officer on film ask a guy for his credentials. And him go reach for it, right. and they shoot, shoot him. So, so, so I say, I say that that my behavior is different. And it's funny. Since all this happened, I've been pulled over twice. Um, I know those of you um, aren't really. Fo- a lot of our listeners may not be familiar with the area of Cherry Hill, but we know it's a pretty decent area, right? Yeah. A lot of whatever affluent neighborhood. So um, it's a white community. <laughs> Cold <Cold-word. laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, so um, I get pulled over, and you notice the funny business where you know they don't tell you why you got pulled over. Let me see your license. Where are you going? Are you going to your house? Yes, yeah, is my house. My my address is right there on my license. Like, why is this where you live? My address is right there on my license. Why are you asking me do I live here? Yeah. But then while they're doing that, their partner has the flashlight in the back seat and this and that. But all while never telling me why I got pulled over. Did I do something wrong? And then end up letting me go. So it was like that fishy behavior is like, 
You never told me why I got pulled over. Yeah. You're looking in my car. Everything checks out, so you gotta let me go. But why? Why did this happen? So it's nothing else for me to think, but I'm black in yeah, this neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because if you can't tell me um, where well, you're speeding, I'm just gonna let you off with a warning. Even you know what I mean? They don't even try to make anything up. They give you, you're clean here, go. You can go. I mean, fuck it. So yeah, it's like, they don't need to give you explanation. Exactly, but in that situation, like, I know that it's not in my best interest to buck back. But in the, at the same, so it's like, I do understand these things, but I still really haven't made that connection where I'm like, I get pulled over and it's like, damn, this, this could be the day that I lose my life kind of thing. I haven't gotten there yet, but I see the fuck shit that goes on when I get pulled. True. Yeah, right. I've never been scared for my life, but I certainly understand how people. Oddly enough, let me. I was going to tell a story about one of our friends, one of my close friends, the Asian boy. He honestly has had probably worse run-ins with the law around here than I have, and he's actually got pulled over with his mom in the car, pulled out the car, and uh, cop pulled a gun with the with the laser on him, like. Yeah. This is crazy, and, and like I said, this is just to say that it's not just black people, it's minorities that are getting the, the, the raw end of this deal. And no, I'm not saying white people don't get pulled over and they don't get injustice and whatever, that's not what I'm saying. But it's just crazy the amount of times that, and the more times that minorities go through these things and it's just so rampant. Yeah. Right, and for me it's the same thing, Like I'm, I'm just like you saying because I, I decided, like when I was growing up, I didn't know what was the protocol when I started driving, you know what I mean? I got pulled over a couple of times in my early license having, you know, and I just, you know, I didn't think to do anything. I just did what he told me, you know what right. I'm saying? But then I would be with people and they'd be like, yo, why the fuck you pulling me over? Just talking shit to the cop. Right. right. And I'm like, why are you doing all that, dude? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, don't get a shot out But then when the cop, nah, I wasn't even thinking like that. But then nothing ever happened to these people who was doing it and I'm like oh okay well shit then I can question these motherfuckers why they pulling me over I didn't even know I could do that that's in my young going right right so so then you know a couple times it happened I got pulled over I asked why you pulling me over you know what I mean I, not with an attitude but just ask you know what I'm saying now with this current climate going on I ain't asking them shit right. you know what I'm saying no. and, th- and that's the that's the difference because right now my hands are on the steering wheel I'm not pulling out anything and then when he tells me I said do I have the authority to go in my glove compartment and pull out what I need because it's not on my person yeah. you know what I mean those are the kind of things I'm doing and, I, and, and that's it so it's unfortunate but it has changed you know what I mean and I think that that's just fucked up that we gotta be uncomfortable just to live in this America, like, you know what I mean? And like, I guess it's always been, but things don't affect you until they affect you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like now, like, I, you know, my 15 year old is asking me like, how am I supposed to act around the cops? You know what I mean? Like, why is he gotta ask me? You know what I mean? How's he supposed to act around a cop? How like, do those conversations go? And I tell him the same thing I, I'm saying here, like seriously, your only, your only responsibility is to get home safe. So when you out in public and you ever get caught up in a situation and I'm not around you, you do everything he tells you to do. I don't care if he calls you a nigger. I don't care if he punches you in your face. You stand down. You bring yourself home safe. But it's fucked up that you got to go through that. You know what I mean? Like, it should never have to be that way. Like, we looked at a certain way in this America, and it's not right. And I never was the political dude. And I was the dude with my head in the sand, and it's fucked up because it's real. You got to look at things now. Like, like you can't keep your head in the sand anymore because you might have to have a call to action. And I ain't saying I'm going to go buck up and carry a gun and go shoot somebody just because they look at me wrong or because they white. I'm just saying, like, now I can't be ignorant. You know what I mean? It's no time to be ignorant. You got to really know what's going on because your life is literally at risk is how I feel. Like, you know what I mean? And the lives of my young men are at risk 
just because of what they look like. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just not to the cops. It's to anybody who might feel. And that's why I feel like we might be coming to a situation of a race war. Because, listen, man, like, they try to cover it up with the propaganda and everything. But what happened was these cops are killing us just whether it's justified or not. You know what I mean? Let's just leave it at that. All right? Then you turn around and you got cops getting killed right off of that in New York. The the Asian dude and the, and the Spanish cop got killed in New York. Then you turn around and you got the black dude just killed the cop in Texas. Another one happened in Memphis. And you got the dude who goes up and kills the two reporters on, on, on camera, right? So these are black on white crimes or black on the institution crimes, you know, against the cops type of things like that. So now when you look at it in the sense of the crimes on the, on the white people, now you got them being able to say, okay, now we can forget about all these, what's going on in the media, what's happening to you, the colors, because we're 13% of the population. Like at the end of the day, when things like these come into play, we get swept on the car because like you said, like they're, like you was using that Tupac example in, in, back then, you know what I mean? Like something has to, something's going to have to happen to affect change. And what happens, I think the propaganda comes in. Not, I'm not saying that these things happen just so they can cover it up, but I'm saying it's pretty ironic that these things come into play and then they start covering up the movement that's been going on. You know what I mean? So to me, it's just a scary America we live in. And I'm just asking you guys, you guys don't have kids. Does it make you feel any differently about wanting kids or having kids? Does that yeah. now play a part in your mind as the... Not, not at all, man. I, I mean, listen, it's a fucked up world. You know, it's hard enough. So that that doesn't change anything for me as far as wanting to bring him into this world. It, it, like I said, that's why I kind of asked you how those conversations go because it's unfortunate that that's a conversation you have to have, especially with a child. You know what I mean? Like who may not be able to grasp it or, or really shouldn't have to be dealing with this shit. But it, is, it doesn't change anything. I still want to live my life. I still want to have kids and have a family. But knowing that I'm going to have to have those talks one day, you know, and I feel like. Without even like verifying this, I'm sure we've all heard this from our parents or somebody in our family at some point, especially being young black men or just a minority in general. Like you got to work twice as hard to get half as far. Like I'm sure y'all have all heard that from somewhere. Like those are just the lessons that get passed down because that's how the world is. So, you you know, I mean, you got to stay woke, as, as they say. But, um, yeah, if I have kids and, you know, I just know it's a conversation that, that I'm going to have to have. And, and, and hopefully they understand, like, yo. In certain situations, you might not be treated the same way as somebody who doesn't look like you are. They may come to you if there's a group of kids and feel like you're the fucking instigator or you're the one that's at the bottom of it. And unfortunately, that's people learn how they learn and, and make their own assumptions. But it doesn't it doesn't change anything for me. Yeah, I feel and this is going to I mean, so my, my thoughts are and so, yeah, I feel that it doesn't change. I think that I, I would have kids. I think it doesn't change because for all ill thoughts that I have for um, politicians, crooked cops, um, black on black crime, anything that, that I feel like would um, put my child in any kind of danger are things that I believe have always been there and will always be there to a degree. And it's my job as a parent to kind of shield as much as I can. I do. Tragedies are always going to happen. It sucks. But I also do believe, and this goes as far as a racial war or anything that could be so detrimental outside of another country dropping a, a, a nuclear bomb on us that we don't expect or whatever. I feel like 
the powers that be, the politicians, the money of the country, are going to keep things under wrap to a certain degree. I, I feel like there's, I feel like money is is the root of everything. So I, I feel like to a, to a, to a degree, I'm a slave to thinking that whether they had to bring in the army, the national guard, the whatever it is, and they do at times to protect their lifestyle, they can't have the whole country running them up. You know what I mean? Like I don't think that's ever going to be that big of a, a race war or that big of a and it sucks when it comes into positive movements like shutting down the Black Panther or, or uh, Martin Luther King or things like that. But I think that that's part of them trying to make sure that things don't get too far out of hand. And all I have to say is that I think that until God decides to take Earth off the map, there'll always be a place to raise a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Okay, fellas. But well, I don't know if anyone else had any other points. But I did feel like it was important for us to just talk about. It. I have a discussion. It was on my mind. I don't know if it's been on your mind at all lately, but you know, it has. I do want to make one other point. It's fun. It's a little bit of a funny point, kind of sort of, but it's right on the topic. I am that conspiracy theorist, propagandist kind of person. I definitely think that. They, the, and when I, and like I said, when I say they, I'm not talking about white people per se. I'm talking about the government, the powers that be, people of position of power, the people, all the money, Wall Street, the NRA, whoever it is, whoever has an agenda at that time. I think whoever has the money or whoever has a controlling interest at the time choose to cover up certain things or blast certain things. Just like we, just like I was talking about that story earlier about the DEA. Um, who are supposed to be shutting down cocaine and over there in other countries uh, making them grow more. Like, I think that the corruption is always going to be that like we heard about back in the day. We didn't get into it in this podcast, but you hear stories about them, the government, uh, strategically putting guns in the inner cities out in California and New York and whatnot. And you hear about them bringing in cocaine and drugs and, and whatnot. I, I think that they're always going to be levels of propaganda that they're bringing in, they're feeding that, why is there even a there's Twitter right but why is there even sub labels that I can go on Wikipedia named Black Twitter like what is Black Twitter Black Twitter is just a name that and I don't know who gave it to us who gave it to Black Twitter but it's just I, obviously I'm a black person I'm going to have more black friends on, on, on Twitter than I'm going to have white friends right so it's just a, a community of just Black Twitter and when things go viral they, they go in the black community they do whatever but I feel like a lot of this, the media, on the news, on social media, a lot of it is propaganda. A lot of it is to keep us distracted, keep us busy, to keep us away from trying to, to raise up and, and, and organize on some, on some greater levels. Like, we're never going to be able to, to organize ourselves and, and to put our buying power together if we're worried about uh, making memes every time someone does something wrong in life you know what I mean like and I just think that that's just I think that is parts of it is uh propaganda and that's just my thoughts I know everybody is in the conspiracy theorists that I am but I do think that they are they pump in bad vibes in the community just like they were doing drugs and guns yeah listen I, I think the one the one thing you said that I would agree with is like people of power and influence want to protect their interests like I think any reasonable person can agree to that so whether or not it applies to the last example you gave, you know, drugs and guns and shit like that. Look, we're not bringing drugs into the America. Like, you know, the drug dealers, uh, you don't hear these stories 
maybe you got Frank Lucas. Maybe that might be the only one. But like that shit ain't coming from from us, and we're not the ones bringing these guns in here either. So they coming from somewhere. So I'll give you that. I agree with that. The black Twitter thing. I, I just think that's just a stupid misrepresentation. But either way, like the people who want to pay attention going to pay attention, and the ones that don't. If they didn't care then, they're not going to care now. But I, but I hear you. Like I said, people in the position of power want to protect their interests. And that's I think that's just natural order. And I, I can't even fault anybody for that. If I was in the position of power, I'm not trying to lose shit either. Whether or not I'm going to fucking dog people out to do it is really the what's, what's, at, what's the real question. You know what I mean? Right. At what lengths do people go to make sure shit stays how it is? And that's where there's a disagreement or where shit could be different. Like... I'm not trying to shit on anybody to get mine. Like, it's enough here for everybody, but everybody don't see it that way. So, you know. But. Oh, my bad. One other thing. One other point. I know we've been trying to wrap this up, but it just, this just goes. Tell me this. Is this, how do you see this as a, a race issue or what? But when, let's talk about, um, I can't even say her name for real, for real. But uh, let's talk about Serena Williams and uh, Sharapova. Sharapova. And talking about how. Um, Serena Williams has been number one for how long? She's beat her 17 times or however many times that she's beaten her, but she still makes considerably more money than Serena Williams does as far as endorsements go. Is that a race thing or is that just corporations thinking that a white person is more marketable? Well, that would be a race thing. That would be a race thing. Right? <laughs> so, like, how, how you see that? Do you think that is, how, is it, is it justified in your mind? Like, how, how is it? I mean, because some, if someone's supposed to be the top of their sport, like Michael Jordan. He's a black person. He was the top of his sport. At the time, he was the highest paid, right? Which which you expect to happen, right? In baseball or soccer, David Beckham, at the time when he got his highest contract, he was getting the highest money, right? So now she's at the pinnacle, been there for quite some time, but she's not the highest paid. Yeah, listen, that's a that's an interesting point, and I don't know enough about what endorsements Sharapova got that Serena don't got and if they were offered to her. But, yeah, I think it's clear, like, the Williams sisters is an is a interesting, like, case study in how they've been treated. You know, tennis is, like, a prestigious sport. It's dominated by white people for the most part. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I guess the flip side would be Tiger Woods. Like, his money never got fucked up, and I'm sure he's got more sponsors than whoever the second dude is. So, I don't know. I don't know if Serena's turning shit down or if they're not even coming to our table. But it is interesting that Serena is, like, head and shoulders the best female athlete in the world right now and for someone that can't beat her to be doing better than her financially now i don't know if she makes more money uh, matches wise maybe she don't because she's not winning so I, I don't know enough to speak on it intelligently but there could be something there i don't i don't know but you look at tiger woods you look at other black people that have succeeded in their sports have been at the top endorsement wise and what, what are you gonna say talking like about you, black ah, nah, 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 before you say that though like you just like you just said just like Tennis is more of a, like you said, that prestigious, that yeah. quote unquote sure. white person's game. You know sure. what I mean? Like, yeah, listen, and if they try, if they trying to keep it that way, then yeah, it it would lend itself to like let's find a white player to fucking market. Uh, so, I mean, she's not even from America, but either way, let's find a white player to market as opposed to Serena Williams, who we think we can't market. Which, which again, I don't know what she what she has, what she don't have, why she doesn't get these opportunities, but clearly she deserves it. It's one of them things where it's just like if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a motherfucking duck. Because that that's just what it is. Like it, it's it's based on a race thing. Yeah, tennis is a white sport predominantly, is what it is. And you got this chick who's at the top of her game and she's black and 
back in the day, like you, you mentioned Michael Jordan, he transcended race. Muhammad Ali transcended race. You know what I mean? So these people were more marketable. But Serena being that dark skin, that, you know, behemoth of a woman, you know, so muscular, so whatever, that's not appealing to the masses of the white people. So they're not gonna go market her out there more than they're gonna market Sharapova. She's she's white and she's right. Like no place on this and I'm and, and I'm going I'm going probably way left of this, but not but no place in this world is the black man respected. No place. We can go to India and they can live like a third world country or whatever in different parts of it and they'll look at us with our dark skin, you know, darker than theirs, and we're not respected. You see what I'm saying? So like same thing applies in tennis and where it comes to endorsement dollars and everything. So if Serena was light skinned black, you think it'd be different? It would be. It, I, see, you're not going. So I guess. No, that's, that's, no, I guess that's like, fine. I mean, it's just my opinion. Yeah, no, but, but it's my opinion based off of what you see. Like, I deal with people of different races all day long, or whatever. But they'll tell me it's like I have a, a Asian woman that I work with. She tells me back home in um, the Philippines that I wouldn't get any respect look, over there. I, you know what I saying? agree with that point. Like, I do feel like people look at black people like if there were rankings, we're at the bottom of the minority yeah. list. Even though, like, obviously, I, that's not how I feel. But yeah, I think I, people. Don't respect this. I get that. I don't think Serena. I don't think anything would be different for her if she was a little bit lighter and she's still a be. black woman in tennis. I, I still don't. I don't think she, so. She's a woman one. So if if you're gonna go with a woman, you're gonna go with you know what most people identify with. And okay. in tennis, they're gonna identify more with her. So maybe it's not intentional racism in that situation because common sense would be like, yo, she's number one. She's the most prominent. You would go with her, right? Like Sharapova shouldn't be more popular than Venus. I think. I, I, mean, I think. I, I'm kind of agreeing with you, but not. I'm just saying. Like, I think Serena would have a problem regardless of how light or dark she was. If she's just a black woman in tennis, I think Sharapova would still get more. But love. that's why I said unintentional racism in that sense, because I think it's just what it is. Like no matter which way, even if it's unintentional, it's there. I look. They had to endorse it. Had to look at her and be like, "We're going with this one over this one because you know what I'm saying." Yeah, I think. I think. I think what Richard's saying is, I, I agree too. Like I think. That for the sport, for tennis itself, I think that whether she was light skinned or not, the fact of her being a black woman and being that, I think that, I think that would just be an issue, right? Like let's look at let's look at because tennis, right? So like you said, people transcending uh, races and whatnot, and just the the level of interest, right? We talk about the black spending power, right? Yeah. For all intents and purposes, regardless, we we like Serena and and Venus Williams, but we don't really flock to watch tennis like that, right? Mm-hmm. When Tiger Woods came up, because there's a lot of older black men and, and, and businessmen and whatever who have gotten into golf over the years. So when Tiger came up, although he's light-skinned and it's a predominantly white sport, the black dollars flock to, te- flock to golf to watch right. him to flock. I don't think they flock as much to tennis. I just don't think it's a, as big a draw. Yeah, it's probably it's, not as popular a sport. Right. It's not as popular a sport, so they don't see the dollars. And so, and so like you said, so that's why I say it's probably, it doesn't matter if she was light-skinned or dark-skinned. The fact that she's black, they don't see her as marketable in the sport because she didn't bring what Tiger Woods brought to, to golf. Because don't get me wrong, I believe that when Tiger Woods came up and he started being great, I believe that they hated it. I believe that they were like, Ooh, they were sick to their stomach. Like, what the we fuck? See right now. Yeah, but I'm just, exactly. You saw at the first time they could turn on them, they did. I get it. No, you're right. I'm not, not, that's one of the things where I'm not putting his behavior to the side. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, as soon as they could, they jumped on it, right? But in the same breath, they still couldn't, uh, 
knock away the black people who still bring it, who wants to see him come back, who wants to see him whatever. So that's why, although he lost mad money of endorsements, he still has a great amount because there's still uh, flocks of people watching to see Tiger come back, yes. to see him if he can never regain his whatever. Those same flocks aren't going there. So now it's like, well, no, she's just another black girl. She's just, she is good, but we can't benefit over her. So now nah, let's pay this white woman more. I, I definitely think that it's a racial thing, but yeah, I think she'll have the same problem if she was. Look, I'm not watching tennis regardless. If I do watch it, it's because of Serena, but right. I don't feel like Sharapova bringing them out either. So, again, I don't know what she's endorsing, what she's not. So, But I, I agree. Like, I just feel like her skin uh, complexion has nothing to do with it. Like Serena would have had these problems regardless. And they talk a lot of wild shit about Serena anyway. So, right. But I don't even want to go off on a tangent because we already took an hour and three minutes of your time. <laughs> Uh, maybe there's a part two to this, but uh, I'm done on that. I don't know if Kevin wants to. Listen, we can always talk about this, so I'm sure we'll, yeah. we'll revisit the topic. Something else will happen. Listen, be sure something else will happen, and we'll need to revisit this, sadly to say. But uh, I mean, honestly, this is something that I wouldn't. I mean, some of our white listeners would love to have a part two and, and have a white guest on here. So hit us up at kdrpodcast at gmail.com. Like, we're not just here dictating, saying this is why it is, or this, this is our point of view. We're all black men growing up in this society. We're, we're, we're open to the different point of views. Uh, Latinos, Asians, any, anyone who has a different point of view or um, you feel differently, uh, completely different or, or the same, hit us up. We're with it. Um, on Twitter, it's uh, Tehran underscore Lee. Uh, iTunes searches, the Tehran Lee Show. Um, yeah, another good week and hopefully we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.